0: Welcome back to the Photo CEO Podcast, where hosts Megan Mondrell and Frederica Gullickson teach you how to build your photo business by listening to your intuition, taking empowered action, and embodying the photo CEO mindset.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Photo CEO Podcast. I am here with Megan. My name's Frederica and we are... I don't know what to tell you. We are your photo CEO photographers your coaches, your inspirers, whatever you want. Photographer, big here. sisters, photographer, yes. moms, whatever fits better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Um, anyway, so we wanted to take this time, this episode to talk about the idea of the status quo and like market saturation being a problem. And we, I'm sure you've probably heard a couple of times from us by now that it's, market saturation is not necessarily the problem. The problem is, is that every photographer out there, it seems, is doing things exactly the same, running their businesses in exactly the same way, taking images that are fairly similar in terms of editing style and posing style. Um, And so we wanted to just take this time to give you some of the ways that we do things differently in our businesses. And more importantly, why we do things a little bit differently. that is going to be like a major theme throughout this. It's not about just doing things differently for the sake of doing them differently. It's about getting to know yourself, getting to know the way that you want to run your business and why you either do or don't do things that other photographers are doing. Um, And so anyway, it's just going to be a simple, quick episode. I think we'll go through the things that we do and you can take them or not take them. You can decide if you don't like them for yourself, or if you do, then you can you can follow whatever you want from us in terms of advice. Um, so why don't we get started? I can share some of mine first. So the number one thing um, that I've actually stopped doing over the last year or two is, I guess maybe a year and a half is I don't share my photos that I take online very often. Like I'm not always posting them to Instagram or to Facebook. Um, and I made in my notes here, I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily a good strategy or not, but the reason that I stopped doing it was because I felt, um, for myself that I was starting to come off as being like ingenuine by always sharing, Um, always sharing all of my photos all the time. I don't know how to explain that. And I also also found too, like the photos that I did share of myself versus of my clients were the ones that were typically the most engaged with, right? Like the people who are following my account want to see me. They want to know more about me. They want to maybe hear my story. Otherwise they wouldn't be following my account. If they wanted to know all about my clients, they would know and follow my clients, not me. Um, and so I think that like, I just stopped doing that as much. I still post sometimes the the shoots that I do, but I think that that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about was like challenging that whole idea of having, I used to like post Almost like all of the best images from every single session, <laughs> and all of that. I uh, and I just I just stopped doing it. I didn't care about that anymore. I just wanted to like get to know the people and have that were following me and have them uh, get to know who I was. But yeah, um, the other thing that I wanted to mention with that too is one of the reasons I think that I was able to do that and not lose business was because I put together a referral client program or a client referral program. So anytime I would work with a new client um, in the years that I was building my business, I would include them if they were, if we had a particularly great experience, I would include them into my referral program. And so from there, it kind of like spider webbed out and allowed me to start working with people without necessarily booking new people that I didn't know through somebody else. Um, so that also helped for sure.
0: Should I say one of mine now, or do you want to finish <laughs> all of yours first? And then no, you can mine.
1: talk about, I don't
0: know. <laughs> okay. I think I'll that we should have on some of kind of
1: conversation though. Cause like, I can't just like list them all out. I
0: know, I know. this one, I just want to preface this episode as well, where like, these things that we're doing differently, we also do differently than each other. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, it might seem a little bit more listing it off because um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I still post my photos. Um, and later on, some of the things that I mentioned, Ricky might not do. Um, and that just really goes to show that just do whatever feels good for you. There's no right way or wrong way. It's just that the If you can find or think of one or two things that you can do differently, um, whether it be, you know, not doing something like Ricky was mentioning or adding something in or changing something slightly, that's what's going to help you in the long run. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So one of the things that I do differently, and it's always been like a big staple in my business as if my, what I'm going to mention is a secret so far, uh, (laughs) is not different than other people's that I'm doing something wrong. And that's my website. So, I don't know if you have seen my website. I just had somebody today uh message me on my photography account who said that they were listening to one of the podcast episodes and I mentioned that my website is all orange. And so he just had to send me a message to be like, "Yes, love that it is orange and now I feel so inspired to do that to myself." So it's like a big like waving flag of who I am. Um so my website is one of those things where it's like if and what it used to be for me was if the person I was dating at the time, if his mom likes my website, I'm doing it wrong because I knew she was not my ideal client in many ways. So, what kind of colors would stand out to somebody, um, yet to turn away the people I don't want to work with? And I was like, orange orange. I love that color, but it's one of those colors where you love it or you hate it. So it's perfect. Um, and then the verbiage on my website as well. I think there's one photo where I'm like, I'm laughing in this photo. Cause I picked my nose in the last one. Um, you know, things that are like just very me. And then if I get it out there on the website, I don't have to be worried during the shoot. If I make a poop joke and, you know, I know they they won't be offended because they've already seen that kind of stuff on my website. So that is the thing that I one thing that I'm very committed to doing super differently is um, my website. And I think that you know some of you might be thinking, will that hold me back from working with um, certain people that I do want to work with who maybe are more professional or certain businesses? Um, And to put your mind at ease, I've had some of the most reputable hotels reach out to me to work with them um, based on my website. It wasn't because I reached out to them and had this big, long, professional hoity-toity email. It was based on my website itself. So you don't need to worry too much about being quote-unquote professional. Just focus on service. That's what matters.
1: Yeah. I think I remember you telling me too about um, one of the reasons that those hotels had reached out to you was because your website was so different than what they had seen other people's from other people's websites. And so they were kind of like, we, we want to appeal to like that customer base. Who's also like, um, interested in the same things that you're interested in is obviously like wanting to have fun and to be lighthearted and you know, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That kind of thing really stands out. And I think that it's because, and we go back to this all the time, the only differentiating factor in your photo business is you. And so the more that you can come through without talking to someone, right. Like through your Instagram or through your website or through your emails, it's like the better Mm -hmm. to do that is going to help you um, kind of stand out. And it, it feels, I think for a lot of people would probably feel fairly vulnerable to do that. Cause you kind of have to dig into those deep parts of yourself of like, you have your private life and then you have like your public persona life on, on the grams, right. Like, or on your in or your, your website or whatever. And you kind of have to like, be okay with sharing some of those things that you would share with like, like with your poop jokes or whatever, like you would maybe share that with like friends or family or people, you know, people who are around you. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So what are, we've talked about this before. Think about some things that, you know, might, you might be more inclined to share in private and try sharing that publicly. Mm -hmm. um, And And, and and that's
0: very in line with actually what very different examples of the same thing, Uh, what you were sharing Ricky with not posting your shoots to Instagram. um, They're the same thing as we're just trying to share more of ourselves versus Mm -hmm. just the work that we're doing on a blank white site with a pretty font, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's actually so true. That's so true. I love that. Um, Okay. So my next one is that, and this is another one where Megan and I are also different. I don't and have never submitted my photos to publications. Um, I think in the past, the reason I got turned off of that was because when I was going to school, I noticed very, very quickly that um, whenever someone is telling you whether an image is good or not, it's coming from a very subjective place typically. And I just didn't want to put myself in the position to be judged by other people if I thought a photo was good. Now, I know that there are so many good benefits to getting published um, to getting those published in badges and, and having that kind of authority built through other people appreciating your work and publishing you. But it never, again, going back to like that same idea of posting all the time to social media with my different sessions, it doesn't feel aligned for me to, to submit to publications and to offer up my work in that way. I am happy to take, you know, do as many photo shoots as possible, do creative photo shoots when I can, work with people who are just like, you know, who aren't models and who are who are just wanting a regular photo session. I love working with all types of people and doing all those types of things. But I um I love being able to share them myself. I love being able to share the not like know that the people that I'm working with specifically love the images as much as I do and not so much the the external um I don't know quote-unquote professional like whatever magazine or blog or whatever it just wasn't something that I was super interested in I also think too um we had talked before the episode of like know what exactly you're doing and why and know for yourself, how you can keep your self belief up. And for me, that is not one of the ways that I do that. If I'm submitting something to someone and putting myself in that vulnerable place to get rejected at that level, I know personally that my self belief is going to hit the toilet even after I hit submit. And I'm going to start questioning and doubting and comparing and doing all of these things in my mind that don't serve me or my business or the longevity that I can keep in that business. If someone says no to me. Um, so take that for, like take that as you will. If you're someone who is okay with like going through that process and getting that vulnerable and potentially having someone say no to you time and time again, or even after a long period of time, you know, because sometimes when you submit, it takes quite a bit of time before you can see whether or not you're going to get published published and see those images come out in print or on a blog or something. If you're someone who can handle that, great. I know I'm not that person and I'm not willing to risk my self-efficacy, my self-belief on somebody else's approval um, because I don't know, maybe that's something that I can develop in myself as well. But at the time when I was early on deciding this, I was like, yeah, I'm not interested in doing that. Um, I'd rather stay in business and not you know, let my mind drive me out of it based on whether or not I'm going to get published or not, if that yeah. makes sense.
0: I think that's huge just like we have given you the permission to not submit for the sole reason that you are protecting your own self-belief and you know you're you're taking a route that is not avoiding because I feel like avoiding kind of sounds negative but you're you're moving in a direction that is sensitive to your tendency to comparison um, and I think that that's Very valid. (laughs) You know, like I now I don't submit as often because through the pandemic and all of that stuff that's happened in the last little bit, um, more and more magazines have uh, opted to favor people who pay. So it's almost like a pay-to-play kind of a thing. And it always sometimes was, depending on the different photo industry or photo niche you were in. um, Usually weddings were a little bit safer as you could assume that whoever's going to be published is it's based on that um, quote unquote talent but again that is subjective to each person but now it is more so both based on um who's going to be paying to be published and who isn't and that's one of the reasons why i have taken a bit of a step back from that and that's not to say that i will never submit for publishing ever again um, but it's just to say that um not as much and also something to keep in mind if you are somebody who does submit and gets rejected in the last year um, it may have literally nothing to do with your image and everything to do with they have enough people paying to be in the magazine that they don't need your image.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's such a great point. Um, Okay. So why don't you tell them about your other one? And then we Mm -hmm. do have one that we, we do the same and that we can both talk to So why don't you go for it?
0: Yeah. So my other thing that I like to do very differently is my whole entire client process. I am always looking at how I can do things differently, how I can serve people better, how I can make more of a connection with people along the process um, and just make it a really memorable experience, but also a very duplicatable experience. So everything that I do is um, pretty much a one-touch button click um i create everything in advance with the exception of one step which is a personalized video for every person upon inquiry um, but everything else is super duper easy not so much automated at this point because i still like to have a little bit of a hand in um the sales process of how things are going to be moving forwards and what things i'm going to be saying to each person um but it is like changing one or two words, if at all, and just deciding which email to send out at which point. Um, But that is something that I like to do very differently than other people. Yeah.
1: It is um, one of those things that in terms of putting your systems and processes in place behind the scenes, it makes the entire experience for the client more consistent and reliable and so much easier for you to take on a volume of clients, especially because you also have um, people inquiring with your associates and you handle all of that stuff behind the scenes. So we should probably mention that we have our pop-up coaching intensive happening right now. We just launched it yesterday and it's only open for the next, uh, until February 2nd. And basically what that is, is, an entire two hour process with Megan and I, where you can, we're going to sit down with you. We're going to give you exactly how to put together a referral strategy and the three components that you must have to do that properly and how to roll it out to your previous clients so that you can actually use Use your clients from the past, the ones that you've had a really great experience with and who have loved your work. Get them enrolled in helping you build your business. Get them telling people about your business and give them a benefit for doing so, um, as well as the people that book through them. The other part of that coaching intensive is a full hour with Megan where she's going to do a done with you client process and basically look at your client process and how you can improve it based on her proven 10-step process for keeping everything consistent in her business and booking the most amount of clients that she can without the overwhelm. Um, So right now, if you're interested in that, just go and click on the link in our Instagram And you will see all the details in terms of the investment and what you're going to get out of it. And there's also a surprise gift waiting for you in there as well. So go check that out at our Instagram bio. You're going to see the link in there. Um, Okay. So the last point that we wanted to bring up, um, one thing that each of us does differently. um, We actually have this in common. We have so many things that we're so good at separately and in different ways, but this one we have in common. And it, it was... That we both look at different industries to learn how to do things better for ourselves. Um, one of the one of the ways that I'm doing that right now that stands out the most is I am in the middle of listening to this audiobook <laughs> called "Nobody Wants to Read Your Shit," and it's basically about um, just different kinds of writing, screenwriting, writing ads, all of those sorts of things. Um, And I was like, huh, this will be good because I'm always on a quest to like learn how to communicate more efficiently, communicate more clearly. Um, And how can I take this different type of like storytelling and, and writing format and take it and make, you know, make reels, write captions you know, put my website together, all of those sorts of things. I'm always looking outside of the photo industry and outside of what people are doing inside this industry specifically and looking for ways to apply it in my business and in my life and in this business, obviously. Um, And one of the other ways actually that I also love to do that, it's not just through like different audio books and podcasts, but even something as simple as like if I see commercials on YouTube or on YouTube, right? Those ads that always pop up every, like, it seems like every 60 seconds now, yeah. <laughs> if you don't have the paid YouTube. But um, anytime any of those come up where I can't just skip them, I, I study them. I study the commercials that come up. I see how other people are doing things in different uh, industries. Like I could keep repeating that. And I figure out ways to try and um, utilize that or make sense of it. In photo business or in our photo business design company, um, and I find that super helpful. We've we've talked um, at the beginning of our podcast, which is almost a year old, which is super exciting. But at the very beginning of our our podcast, when we started. We were talking about this concept um, of style braiding, which is just my term for taking everything that you have in your influence, right? Like anything that's influencing you, books, music, podcasts, TV, all of it, and figuring out a way to kind of like pull, pick and pull different pieces that you like and put them into your own spin for whatever it is that you're working on. And for people listening here, that's most likely a photo business, right? Um, and so that, that's just one of the ways that I do that. Mm -hmm. And I know that's something that you do as well. You look to other industries to get better in all kinds of ways.
0: Yeah. One of those things is reading. I'm a huge fan of reading books from people who are not photographers. Um, there aren't really that many photographer written books. Um, and if there were, I'm not sure if I would read them because I'm much more interested in like the psychology behind things, um, and different, you know, research that's done on habits and mental health and sales and, um, personal growth. I think that all those things are super duper beneficial to growing both yourself, which then in turn grows your business. Um, uh, but then the other thing too, is not limiting yourself to education from just photographers. Um, recently my partner who is a PMU tattoo artist, um, has like watches different, Videos done by tattoo artists on how to build a business. And I found it very interesting to watch those videos and be able to take things and mold them into my own ideas that I can use for my business because um, a lot of the time, there is a little bit of variety here, but a lot of the time we hear the same advice when we're listening to advice from people in our industry. Um, But when you look outside, maybe it is in bare bones, the same advice, but it's said in a different way that sparks a new idea Um, or it's slightly different. um, And you can just take that and run with it and create something completely new that nobody else in your industry has tried before. Um, And so while that might be a little bit scary for some people who aren't, you know, I don't know what the word is like, pioneers of the industry but um it's what's going to help you really stand out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I like too that um you had said like one of the areas that you also like read and learn about are things like personal growth. I am so big into that as well another mm-hmm. similarity between us. Um I'm always every single day I'm, I'm committed to that um, and to learning more and uh, kind of taking what I'm learning and dissecting it and making sense of it and applying it. Um, and it kind of goes back to that idea that we had mentioned before of this, like, no matter what you decide to do, if you're doing things a little bit differently, if you're challenging the status quo, not and just trying to tweak like one or two or three things so that it helps you stand out. At the end of the day, your self-belief and your, how you feel in your body and how you know that you're growing and getting better is what's going to be the backbone of whatever strategy you decide to use. Right. Um, And so that's why that's part of the reason why our program Photo CEO Academy is built and set up the way that it is, is because the backbone of business strategy and being able to apply it and see benefit from it is the backbone is your self-belief. Your backbone is your character, right? We talked about that on a previous podcast episode of like self-discipline and self-integrity were things that helped us like exponentially grow our businesses. And so that is why our program is set up like that. We have that whole piece up front of the of the building of yourself, the self-mastery, followed by the done for you business strategy that you are putting together, Megan. And um, yeah, anyway, so I just think that's so important to understand. No matter what you decide to do differently, if you decide to look at these things that we've given you today and apply them or not apply them, or maybe it sparks your own ideas of where you could be different, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you know why you're doing it, right? And as long as you can move forward in a way that you're Allows your business to have that longevity and substance behind it. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and these things are things that you can do, like make very small changes um, and just one or two at a time. And over time you can tweak things uh, to compound and create your complete a unique business model, Uh, but don't try to fix it all, change it all, switch it all up all in one day. Um, Just pick one thing today that you want to do differently and make it something that's very small and will take two minutes to do.
1: Yeah, completely agreed. You'd be shocked at how many things can change and evolve over, over time. And all of a sudden over, you know, a year, two years, three years, four years, you are in a much more evolved, place than you were at the beginning. And that evolution is okay. It's okay to let that take time, right? It has to take that time. And the more that you let it just do that one little thing at a time, the clearer and clearer you get on exactly what your vision is and where you're going and why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's it for this episode. Um, We hope that you found it helpful. And if you did go and leave us a podcast review on Apple podcasts, and or a Google review on Google. We would really appreciate that because that allows us to continue growing this podcast and reaching more people around the world. Um, And yeah, we would just really appreciate that. Until We'll talk to you again um, next week. And in between there, we'll be on our Instagram talking to you all. We love to do that. We love to be in DMs and doing polls on stories and sharing reels and stuff. So definitely go follow us at Photo Business Design if you aren't yet. And we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Are you one of the photographers who believe that market saturation is a problem? One of the biggest misconceptions in the photo industry is that it's hard to go full time because there are too many photographers. But market saturation is not the problem. The problem is is that most photographers are following the status quo, running their businesses in exactly the same way, and sharing the same types of images instead of looking for ways to do things a little bit differently than the crowd. Market saturation is only a problem if you're still following the status quo. The fastest, most effective way to ensure sustainable photo business success is to step away from the status quo and transform from photographer to photo CEO. Photo CEOs are quickly becoming the ones who stand out amongst the crowd simply by doing things differently. Most photographers won't become photo CEOs because it does require you to go the extra mile. And you know the saying, the road is never crowded along the extra mile. When you make the conscious choice to develop the empowered photo CEO mindset, you begin to work from a level of commitment and follow-through that most photographers just don't. And when you combine that with a solid done-for-you, but highly customizable business strategy that will allow you to exponentially grow your business, you will naturally separate yourself from the crowd and become one of the leading photographers in your community. If you're tired of blending in and you're excited about the possibility of stepping away from that crowded market, we are opening the doors to the Photo CEO Academy very soon and there are limited seats available. Join this heart-centered community of photo CEOs who are committed to not only growing their businesses, but themselves. If you wanna be the type of photographer who does things differently, go click on the link in the show notes to see an exclusive inside look into the Academy and then join the waitlist. We'll see you on the inside.